Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. of 
business. I live in a world of reality. I live in a world of uh, a surreal world of a, of a criminal justice system. I live in a world of advocates and activists, which is a surreal world in and of itself. Um, and I want to talk today a little bit about accountability. I want to talk a little bit about the human solution. I want to talk a little bit about action and activism and making a change. I want to talk a little bit about working together, about harmony and partnerships. Um, today, I do not have a screener. So if any of you that might be listening today know how to screen this show, uh, pop on. And if you don't remember how to get on, get a hold of me or Bobby. Well, get a hold of Bobby if you can, and he can get you in. Um, it works nicer when I have a screener. I think I know who the calls that are on right now. I think I know who you are, but um, I don't have a screener to check. So if you're on the line and you're saying, nobody's screening me, well, that's why. Last week, we didn't do a show, and um, I showed up, and just so you guys know, I've got a small team of people that every Wednesday find a way to get to a place where they can do their part of this, and all of us uh, work in some capacity or another. Some of us work a lot. Some of us work multiple jobs. Some of us work... Um, from home, there's all different situations, but every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we try to make ourselves available. Um, this isn't a paid gig. Nobody gets anything for this other than the unlimited intangible benefits that we all um, that know what what volunteer work is about, we get. And every once in a while, one of us or more of us aren't able to put it together. So last week I showed up and it was literally seconds before the show was going to come on and we didn't have everything queued up. And I said, you know, it's probably better we just put this one on the shelf. Today we had the show already and we got everything dialed in, but one of the uh, elements, which is a screener, was running around doing stuff and wasn't able to, to be here. So... We do have three or four people that historically have been trained as screeners. And if you all happen to be listening right now, um, pop on. If you're listening to the show right now and you've heard the show before and you find it valuable, you think it's a good show, you think that for whatever reason this show has brought you something. Maybe it brought you inspiration. Maybe it um, helped you to get through something. Maybe it connected you to people who could do one or more of those things. <clears throat> Maybe you just enjoy it. Maybe you hate it, and that's why you listen to it. But for whatever reason, if you think this show has value, I'm going to ask two things of you. One, um, get a hold of me, and maybe get trained to be a screener, because it's a thing that makes the show better. 
thing that we need to have one every week, and sometimes if we have more than one, uh, it can be helpful. So right now I think I probably have three or four people that have been trained um, in screening, and I'm assuming that at this moment none of them are listening. The next thing I want to ask, and this is something I never really asked for before, but I think it's also important. I have people that think this show is important. Whenever I don't make the show, they call me up and say, whoa, what's up? What's going on? Are you okay? Is everything all right? We missed the show. We look forward to the show. Everything is, you know, it, it, it helps make the world better. It does good things. If you listen to this show and you find it to be valuable, do me a favor. Share it. Tell people about it. Let people know that it exists. Because the thing about a show like this, if we go through the work to create a show and we have ten people that hear it, and it benefits ten people, we could go through and do the same exact work and get out there and reach 10,000 people. Same amount of work. Out of those 10,000 people, maybe 100 of them will actually listen and get it. Well, that's 100, 10 times that 10. So, just saying, like anything else in life, if you find this show to be valuable, tell people about it. It's saved, it's recorded. You always have access to it. It's available on the Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you know what? I'm being a dullard right now. Watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a magic trick. Bam! Look at that. Professional studio, just like that. <laughs> this is one of those things. The more we put this thing together, the better it is produced. The better the guests we have on it. The better the topics we have. Um, the better it is. The more we share it, the better it is. Even the very same show gets better by more people knowing about it. So, like everything in life, it's a group effort. I want you all to look around. Consider the insanity of 2020. Consider the insanity of the politics that's going on. Consider the insanity of the policies that are going on. Consider the insanity of the way we're treating each other. And I want you to consider this just for one minute. Whose fault is it? Whose fault do you believe it is? Do you believe it's the president's fault? Do you believe it's your congressman's fault? Do you believe it's those crazy fuckers that are doing this kind or the other thing? Well, well, I got a I got a strange proposal to make. <coughs> Consider this, if you will. How many of you are parents? Probably a bunch of you. Most of the people that I know that listen to this show are parents. If you're a parent or if you're not a parent, maybe you have somebody in your charge, maybe somebody that you take care of, maybe somebody you've taught, 
Maybe there's somebody that you mentor, whatever. How does it work? When you're in a position where you have seen beyond what's in front of you, you witness an event or a series of events, and you point out to the person in your charge what's happening. Maybe it's a business partner. Maybe it's a volunteer. Maybe it's somebody in your company or your group or whatever. It doesn't matter. And you say, hey, we got a problem over here. This thing has happened. What are we going to do about it? How many times do you hear the person who in some way is involved come up with a reason why, an excuse? Well, it's because of this. It's that thing. It's 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 this, that, or the other thing. And you're thinking to yourself, or at least I think to myself, I don't really care what your excuse is. What are we going to do about it, right? Who just own it and fix it, right? Really doesn't matter. Where nobody's nobody's judging your soul. Nobody's judging your life worth. There's just an issue. Something went wrong. Something's up. Something needs to be corrected. Some behavior is incorrect. An action, whatever, something. And I hear excuses all the time. And almost never do I hear people say, yeah, you know what? We need to get this shit together. We need to do better. I need to do better. I need to do this, that, or the other thing. I will make it right. How many times do you hear that? I don't hear it very often. Something to think about. We live in a world where everybody is busy blaming everything else and everybody else. We blame the president. We blame, blame the governor. We blame the mayor. We blame the chief of police. We blame the cop. We blame the shopkeeper. We blame everybody except ourselves. Now, I want you to consider that all of the social problems that we're facing right now, all of them, are generational. There isn't a single major problem that we have right now I'm not talking about the COVID problem. I'm talking about the nanny state problem. I'm talking about the the civil injustice problems. I'm talking about prejudice and, and all of the problems that we're facing. I'm talking about, about oppression problems, tyranny problems. Those are all problems that have been around beyond every of the last five or six or ten or twenty pendulum swings in the political spectrum. If you've been around for more than a couple of weeks, you'll realize that every four years or every eight years, there was a period of time where I think one party carried, I don't know, five terms or something like that, then it swung again. But it never stays for very long in a, in a, in a historical point of view. And these parties that are now so diametrically opposed to each other they pass the torch to one side, 
They pass the torch to the other side. One side controls Congress. The other side controls Congress. One side controls the Senate. The other side controls the Senate. One, one side owns the presidency. The other side owns the presidency. Every single candidate that comes before us says, it's all screwed up, and if I'm elected, I will make it better. They all say that, right? Exhibit A. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I present to you that potentially, possibly, maybe, just possibly, it's our fault. Because we keep electing people that keep doing the same thing. And it doesn't matter what party they're cloaked in, and it doesn't matter what promises they make. It doesn't matter what things they say they're going to do. Problems haven't changed. The problems that we're dealing with are systemic, institutional problems that have been around a whole lot longer than even these entrenched candidates that we're dealing with. Imagine a candidate that has been in politics for more than 20 years, which many and most of them are, telling you that they're going to do something to make a change. Imagine that. And imagine why we don't ask them, well, what have you done for me so far? Why don't any of these candidates come up and say, well, here's what I've done. Give me a chance to do some more of it. I haven't heard that from anybody. Consider this, if you will. If the citizens of this great United States, and I believe it is a great United States, were to own the problems that we face in society and assume some accountability, do you think we might behave differently? I'll leave you with that for now. I am on the line right now, and I'm just going to say, I believe I've got Dana and maybe Jackie and Mike and Sarah and Dee Dee on the line. And if I have anybody other than that, can you please hang up and call back, and I will actually screen the call. And once again, if anybody is listening to this right now and knows how to screen, please get a hold of me because I do not have a screener today. We are flying blind. And Dina and Mike, I'm going to put you guys up on the line, and uh, I'm going to assume you have something to say. If you don't, come up with something. It'll be fun. I know you all have something to say. So we're going through some crazy times right now. I just got back from Oregon. I spent a weekend and an extra day, thanks to the smoke, blocked out the airport, wouldn't let me fly home with Becca and Bobby. And I've been working with Becca now for seven or eight years, and uh, we never met in person. I got to tell you, it was wonderful. I had a wonderful experience. 
I was able to uh, uh, spend some time, get to know. There we go. We've got Craig with us now. All right. I was able to get to know Becca a little bit better and uh, experience life through her eyes a little bit. Uh, we were able to work together on some of the projects that we that we're uh, working together on with the Human Solution. And um, one of the things that we're working on in particular is our website. And I want to make a few Human Solution announcements. And then we'll uh, get started with Craig and, and bring up some of the guests that we have. So just so you guys know, we have an election coming up. And historically, every two years, we have an election of all of our major officers and our board. Um, and we're, as far as I know, the only nonprofit um, that does that, where basically it's a free and complete democratic election. All active members of the organization get a vote, and um, anybody who qualifies can run for any of the offices. And it's not a glory position. Nobody gets paid. Um, nobody gets uh, poobah status. We just get together and work. And we try to make this world a little better. We try to make it a place where people's uh, civil and human rights are not being infringed upon the way they are today. Um, but we decided because of all the madness that's going on uh, that we're going to give it an extra month this year. So we've extended our elections into October. It's going to be the third week of October that we'll actually be holding the election. So there's still another month. Uh, to become a member, to get a vote, or to cast your uh, hat in the ring to become an officer. And one of the things that we've decided to do, um, over the years we've had varying sizes of boards. We've had boards as large as 13 members, and we've had boards as small as four members. Um, and right now our board was pretty, pretty good size. I think we're seven or eight members right now. But we realized that we're not a board-heavy organization. We're not, you know, the board's job is to uh, change bylaws and pass budgets and do things that um, establish policy and that sort of thing. And we're on a pretty strong mission right now, and we don't have a huge budget, so we don't have a lot of things we need to vote on. And so we've realized that having a smaller, more focused board is going to be better. And so we've decided to do that. But what we've decided to do as well is open up um, an advisory board and um, bring on more people to uh, share their viewpoints and their guidance and that sort of thing so that we remain a very um, open, transparent, um, organic organization as we always have been. We're not subsidized. We're not funded by any major corporations. So we're not beholden to anybody. It's really up to us to do what we see fit with our time and energy and resources that we're able to raise. So I just want you all to know that on the website, if it's not there now, it'll be there um, by the weekend, an opportunity to uh, uh, become a member of our advisory board, and we'll be having regular roundtable meetings to discuss the direction of the organization and the projects we're taking on. Um, we've decided to rework the website a little bit, making it a little bit more clear about the things that we're doing 
specifically. Um, so right now we've got it broken into four parts. Uh, the first part is uh, defendant resources, and so that involves um, the guidelines that we have for participating in our um, defendant support program, getting on these radio shows, uh, in, uh, inputting your story into our database, um, a number of different uh, aspects that you can use to, to organize support for your case um, or, or get some kind of guidance or even possibly uh, legal advice depending on how our team grows. The second part is going to be um, basically um, get involved. So that's going to involve uh, membership, donations, uh, volunteer projects, but the projects, the volunteer projects are going to be more spelled out. There's three or four primary projects, and you can actually sign up or get approved to be part of that. We're actually going to be developing a training um, for some of these projects, and we're encouraging uh, legal professionals and people that have uh, licensed skills to get involved so that we can offer more um, to the people that we're supporting. Uh, grant writing. That's something that we're going to get more involved in. As we have more and more projects uh, that are more specified and, and, and clear about what we're doing, like our prison reentry program and uh, some of the other things that we're working on with the self-help legal clinic, I believe that we would be qualified for funding for that. And if we were able to get funding, we could take on um, attorneys, law school interns, paralegals, all kinds of tools that could make what we do uh, more effective. So that's uh, the second part. The third part, um, we used to call it prison outreach, but really it's more involved in that as we're doing. Um, we have all these um, motions that we've now, we're loading into the self-help legal clinic. Uh, we have uh, people that have experience working with the American Bar Association, and we're, we're courting some attorneys to get involved. Um, the appeal work is, is part of this as well. And then, of course, there's the reentry program. And so what we're calling that is post-conviction support. So that would cover anything from the time that somebody got convicted. Um, even, even it would involve possibly um, uh, community service hours if they got sentenced to, and that, and that involved you know, uh, community service as part of their sentence possibly uh, fundraising if they got hit with fines or there's a number of different ways that could participate but it certainly includes the prison outreach and uh, and also the um, uh, re-entry program that we're working on and then the fourth way is uh, community service community outreach um, this is where the chapters come into play one of the things that I want everybody to understand is the dynamic of the human solution has always been grassroots, community-based empowerment. And we always have believed that when the local community gets together to show support, that's where the real power comes from. Like when you're, you and your neighbors get together to do something, it's the most effective because you don't have to travel a long way, you're not exhausted and expent out from travel expenses and all the hassles of all that. Um, you know the lay of the land. You know the people you're working with. You know the, the in close community is really a huge strength. And if we are able to 
engage communities and teach them how to work together and 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 find common threads and common goals that's huge but in community we're also talking about in the activist community so with community outreach it involves some of the partnerships that we're doing with other organizations so we have local communities and that's where the local chapters are involved but we also have the the community of uh, criminal justice reform, the community of, of human rights reform, that kind of thing. Um, and so when it comes to, like, these marches that we did last weekend, we were working with another activist who had organized this. We pledged our support. We raised some money to um, help to get some printed materials and banners and, and signs and that kind of thing. And we coordinated along with a number of other people these efforts, and they happened across the country. Uh, we're also working with a number of other nonprofits. Um, just this week, I was put in contact with one of the uh, the heads of the Last Prisoner Project, Mary, and we're going to be uh, speaking in depth later this week and uh, figuring out how the Human Solution <laughs> and the Last Prisoner Project can collaborate on a more official way. Um, I believe that there's a lot of strength when nonprofits get together and not just help each other out behind the scenes, but do it in a in a show of solidarity. You know, you guys always see this ribbon, and this ribbon is exactly that. It's solidarity. It's standing together. There you go. Exactly. It's having each other's back, you know. When you know when you have solidarity with somebody, because you know when you get in a spot where you need some help, and you know generally what happens. And when somebody comes around and says, hey, I got you, that's that's the solidarity we're talking about. So on that note, Craig Cecil, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well. And you know, I'm the most excited about the most recent news on the uh, MORE Act. There seems to be a consensus that they're actually going to call it for a vote in the House next week. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting stuff. I think... Um, you know, it's been it's been talked about more and more, no pun intended, <laughs> by by more and more people. Again, no pun intended. Um, but uh, I, I I think that you know finally, and I don't know you know how it even just kind of it was kind of a sleeper. We've been kind of talking about it off and on for more than a year. It's not like it just dropped in our lap, but for some reason, it's been. It's been getting done without a lot of fanfare. It's gotten somehow it got through like the the Rohrbacher Act. I mean the 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 bill that Rohrbacher actually submitted, not the not the amendment, the amendment, yeah. but the actual bill HR 1523, and it took other names. It never made it anywhere, and it was a simple, just removed it from the from the uh, scheduling, allowed states to decide if they wanted it or not. And um, it never made it through any of the committees. But this one, for whatever reason, and it actually has more um, teeth to it because it gets into um, the nature of cannabis businesses and criminal records. And, I mean, it addresses some of the real issues that face people. Even if tomorrow they said, okay, it's not illegal anymore, you still got people locked up. And so this actually addresses some of that. It actually, right in the bill, 
It provides that people that are under a U.S. Department of Justice sentence, like me, that they, they are to be resentenced as if the Moore Act took effect before their sentencing. Yeah. What that allows for is people like me, I have one count, one charge, um, conspiring to distribute marijuana. Now, other people have charges of uh, possessing a gun or using a gun during that offense, of uh, money laundering, of, you know, a bevy of different charges that sometimes go along with it, even violent charges. It makes it so that those charges would still would still continue on, that those, those sentences would still run. But if marijuana is no longer... Um, on the list of controlled substances, the charge, the actual charge that I'm convicted under, and there's only one federal drug charge, says, uh, and it's basically possess, transport, um, I forgot, there's a few more verbs, import uh, a controlled substance right. with the intent to distribute. And uh, so if it's no longer a controlled substance, my sentencing would be void. Right. Yeah, you're done. And and you know the thing of it is, is many of the prisoners and defendants that we've supported historically, that's all they've ever had. You know, and there's all kinds of cases. You know, when when we get into the prison outreach side of things, there's a lot of muddy waters. There's a lot of people who, you know, want their case to be supported, and it has some element of cannabis in it. But then you get to know the person or you get to know the case and you find out, well, there's actually a whole lot more than that. And and but generally the 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 inmates and defendants that our organization has supported, generally that's all it ever has been. Is like all my all my charges were all cannabis related, every single one of them. There wasn't there wasn't a non-cannabis charge in the 37 felonies I was facing. So um, it's amazing how many felonies they can make happen out of one case, but a lot of times they stack them up. So in my case, um, you know, they, they I had three shops, and they sent undercovers in to my shops four times each. So that added up a total of 12 counts of um Possession with intent to sell or sales of a controlled substance, I think, is what I was charged with. So 12 of those charges were from specifically that way, you know. It was the same charge 12 times, you know, and they, they'd love to do that kind of crazy thing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like I said, like Aaron Sandesky, who just got out a year and some ago, he just got done doing 8 out of 10 years, and all of his charges were conspiracy and cannabis-related federal time. And uh, so many of these uh, Fed cases, um, there isn't anything else. You know, I think even Noah Kleinman, you know, they had him for huge amounts. There might have been some money laundering in there, but I think most of it was, uh, and he'd probably get time served for that. I mean, if that was the only thing that was that was left, generally the the, the other crimes don't carry such a big sentence. Well, I look at, like, John Knox, you know, he, he has money laundering charges that 
he has a 20-year sentence on those, but he's already served over 20 years. Exactly. If they get rid of his life for marijuana sentence, Exactly. He's back home again. Of all people, man, that guy needs to be home. My God. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, and 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 this is the thing, you know. Um, unfortunately, what really sucks, it even if this happens, you got guys like Richard Delisi, and and uh, Michael Thompson, who are serving state cases, and it's not going to affect them. No. It's crazy. Only, only the federal cases in terms of those provisions. But the, the other thing that I'm kind of questioning, though, is how come the news really hasn't covered it at all? At all. This is a pretty big deal to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big they, question. They give a whole lot of attention to Nancy Pelosi getting her hair set. Exactly. <laughs> but well, a lot that affects probably 100 million people is getting very little attention. And I, and I think that has to do with our level of journalism as opposed to me, biased media. I think that, you know, we have media that's heavily funded by um, deep-pocketed individuals, and they have an agenda. And if this doesn't in some way connect to their agenda, mostly, unfortunately, the agendas are political and power-based. And so it seems like the only thing that either side of the media is doing is something that either furthers their uh, political strength or undermines the opponent's political strength. And this really doesn't do either one. I mean, uh, frankly, neither candidate has been that strong for or against cannabis. Um, you know, I mean, Trump actually passed the farm bill, so he actually got some, some progress, more than any of the others did, um, Biden had eight years to be involved in anything, never did anything, you know, that helped us. So I don't know what to say. chances that either president would, you know, Biden or Trump would sign it. But they're of not going to alienate that many people. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why you would think, you know, the thing of it is, is like if there was any kind of bipartisan anything right now, you would think that the community would be supporting it, right? Like, Let's find something that helps the people. Like, we literally, I was up in Oregon. I got stuck in Oregon because it was so much smoke, the planes couldn't leave the airport, right? And there's literally a wall of toxic smoke across the whole country right now. You're breathing the smoke right now that was yep. burning in our forest a week ago. And and I, it's it was thick as fog. When I was up there, I'm surprised I have a voice at all. It was like you could see the air inside the house, like literally the 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 light of a ceiling fan. And you know how like when the sun breaks through the clouds and there's like a, a campfire or something, and you can see all the you know the rays going through the smoke. It was like that inside the house. Crazy. So you would think again with, with 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 COVID, with all the crazy crap that's going on, that you would think that there's anything that might be unifying, anything that might be that might be a positive societal solution. Somebody be talking about it. Yeah, the, the, it doesn't even sound like they're going to try to pass a budget this month. So right. They've given up on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention any kind of stimulus. Anything. It just keeps it. Right. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. 
the COVID build sounds like it's dead. You know, All you would it. think they want to do something and say we did something. Right. You know? And three fourths of America supports. As we're walking up to a major election, that half of these bastards are getting voted on, and anybody who's a voter should be saying, "Well, what the heck have you done?" Like, what are you doing for me? You want to get reelected, but what the heck have you done? You know, this would be, I'd be holding that thing up. Look, I voted for this. You know, that's a, that's an overwhelming, there's, there's, there's so little overwhelming opposition. There's no overwhelming opposition. There is opposition from the good old boys that are the same good old boys that have been opposing it. But through attrition, that, that number gets smaller and smaller every year. And think about it, with 33 states with medical marijuana, 11 of them with recreational, how many of those congressmen can vote against it? I mean, their constituents obviously want it. Exactly. So right there is, you know, more than three-fifths of the country. <laughs> well, and the thing of it is, is too, with a Democrat-controlled House, what, whatever happened to the progressive thing, right? I thought, I thought, I thought, just saying, I thought the Democrat thing was was all about, you know, the, the, the social progressive policies and, you know, it, it, it's, it's good for us and, and it's what the people want, democracy and all that fun stuff. I don't see it. So hopefully... Now, remember the Democrats took that plank out of their campaign this year, but could you imagine, what is it, Representative Lee out of California voting against it? Right. Never right. Exactly. Or Dick Durbin out of Illinois voting against it. That'll never happen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, all I can say is, you know, more and more, um, we're we have created a five hundred one c four, which is a political um, minded group. It's a group that can raise up uh, lobby efforts. It's a group that can raise candidates up that can be more involved in politics. And as we're dealing with a change in dynamic of, of the way that we are able to operate, I have less and less people fighting cases right now. And I've got, you know, 10 years of building this grassroots um, support. And, you know, I, I find a lot of us looking around going, won't somebody stand up and fight? And without that, you know, what is it that we're doing? And so, you know, working on this uh, um, um, prison reentry program is one of the things that we're working on. And, and But when it comes to supporting legislation and introducing legislation, all that is, is 501c4 work. And so we're going to be, um, this in the next two weeks, I'm going to be heading to Kansas um, to be uh, talking with uh, another group of people that are very politically minded and politically active, and we're talking about um, introducing some legislation into the Kansas State Legislature. And um, we have a lobbyist that we've already uh, contracted um, to operate on our behalf, and we're going to be working out some of the kinks about how to move forward in that capacity. So um, we're going to be looking for people that are willing to get politically involved. And so we're going to have two different wings that we can operate. You know, with the 501c3, it's a, it, it's on the human rights side of things, the the criminal justice reform and the the grassroots um, efforts. 
and uh, we can raise money for people that need it. We can. Um, we're actually going to be looking to uh, um, find a grant writer um, with our with our legal clinic. We have a self help legal clinic we're developing right now, and we have we purchased like 400 um, um, motions that have been successfully argued as templates, and so we have this library of of useful motions that can be applied in a in like I said, there's like 400 of them. There's a, a huge spectrum of um, of application that we can have, and we're looking to build uh, somewhat of a legal clinic, a self-help type legal clinic. But I'd also, if we're able to craft it in a way that we could actually raise some money, I know that we could get um, you know some paid attorneys behind it, either as pro bono side of thing or actually on retainer as a, as a nonprofit. Um, um, clinic. So that's part of what we're developing. Um, and then there's the reentry side of things. Um, I think that we also could qualify for uh, some different grant programs um, in on, on on that element. So those are actually that that is part of the MORE Act. Is the funds anticipate if the MORE Act passes as written, there'll be a five percent federal tax on marijuana. And that money is, although it's written with a bunch of gobbledygook to, to kind of uh, favor some organizations over others, but that money is to go to organizations to help people and to help neighborhoods impacted by the war on drugs, especially the war on marijuana. So that's, you know, something that, you know, you would need to be right at the head of the line for I think so, and I think that um, what we're kind of doing right now with as an organization is uh, we're narrowing our focus down a little bit. You know, we, we've we've taken on some really broad issues, and you know, we're still we're still very broad, change-minded. You know, ultimately our goal is to end cannabis prohibition and all of its negative effects all the way. Not just you know, even the Moore Act won't finish that job. It'll get a huge step towards it, and I believe it'll it'll loosen the underpinnings because most of the states base their laws um, that are against cannabis off of the Federal Controlled Substances Act, and that's what gives their state's laws their strength. Um, and I've heard all, many, many, many times um, attorneys, prosecutors, judges even, argue that, you know, the federal law is the reason why, you know, their state hasn't hasn't done this, that, or the other thing. So I believe it's going to be the, you know, kind of the, the finger out of the dike, and I think it's going to kind of really start letting the floodwaters through. However, my experience and, and historical experience would say, look at the civil rights movement. They didn't finish the job. And we're still fighting for civil rights, and there's still issues that have that were not finished because they didn't finish it. And so I want to make sure, you know, part of our goal as an organization is to clean up the mess, to finish, get the fine points, put this in the past, and and make it to where there isn't any man left behind. You know, the military says, you know, no man left behind, or the Marines. I'm not sure who who says it, but somebody says it. And I think it should be that way, you know. I mean, if somebody's stuck in some 
some prison cell that that you know in some state that just didn't bother to 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 get the memo. I think it's up to somebody to make sure that that all this stuff gets cleaned up. And if they're going through um, erasing records, um, expunging records, and giving these people another a, a fresh start, um, I think it's up to some of us to say, well, let's let's make sure this happens. Let's make sure these guys get a leg up, an opportunity, just like everybody else. Um, you know, if if you were charged as a criminal for something that's no longer a crime, how do you get made whole? Like, you need to be made whole. And that's and that's the thing. It's like if society agrees that this is no longer a problem, then you don't have a stink on you anymore at all. It's done. It's over. And I think that it's it's going to be up to us to uh, to help usher that in. Oh, I, I agree. I agree because... There has to be, you know, an actual remedy, not not just, you know, an overnight, you know, here, you're out. Well, you know, an example. Another thing that's really surprised me yeah, since uh, my release from prison and uh, finding Google. I'm, a, I'm amazed. Yeah. <laughs> now, the hey, one thing Google. I found on Google that you were already aware of is, for instance, a neighborhood in Chicago after they passed the uh, recreational law, a neighborhood on the south side of Chicago, a kind of neighborhood that needs businesses and jobs, the people of the area turned down and, nope, we don't want a marijuana store here. And and California has many counties that won't allow it. It's all over the place in California, yeah. So, I mean, where's the the education lacking that people don't understand that this would not be a scourge to their neighborhood? Or to their people. Well, you know. part of the problem that we have is that the laws that the states have passed are not—they um, haven't gone far enough. So what happens is, in California, for example, even though we passed a law that allowed for recreational and medical licensed facilities, the fact that the laws that were passed were so restrictive that there's still all kinds of illegal shops that keep popping up. And so when the illegal shops pop up and then they get raided and people don't know what's going on. And so a lot of times you'll get an underground shop that will pop up and it will possibly um, act in a way that the neighborhood doesn't like. Um, and, and, you know, rumors happen, um, bad information spreads, um, the, the the facts on the ground don't spread. Uh, assumptions get made, accusations get made, and that's the kind of thing that drives uh, the public sentiment as much as anything else. So, a real information campaign and education campaign is is critical here. That is the thing that makes the difference in every single thing that we're uh, that we're dealing with from educating prosecutors, from educating um, detectives, uh, DEA agents, uh, down to the, the down to the Barney Fives walking around, you know, that don't know what the heck's going on. There's tons of them. Judges don't know what's going on. I, I have seen in courtrooms, I don't know how many times, where the judge is sitting on a case and he doesn't know the first thing about marijuana law. And I have watched 
the judge go out there and pull up the law book and open it up and read the law for the first time. And I'm not joking. And this is a judge that's supposed to be deciding the case, and he's reading the law. Well, that law book doesn't have all of the case law that surrounds it. It doesn't have the, the, the general opinion of the community. It doesn't have all the local cases that have happened that uh, never got published. He doesn't know any of that, right? So in his very courthouse, there might have been four other cases that were similar to the one that he's looking at now for the first time that were all decided, maybe jury trials, maybe whatever, tons of money spent, tons of time spent, tons of personal freedom spent, and this judge is coming at it trying to figure it out. So I think that education is huge. I think that if this was to happen, there needs to be um, a coordinated campaign. They need to, they need to, as this thing passes, there needs to be some kind of a, a of an educational program that everybody gets the same thing. Here's how it works, and they could do this. I mean, the law is not that complicated, and it, it even if they were to create a framework for how it needs to happen. I think they could do that. Well, listen, Craig, we're down to uh, about 10 minutes, and I got a bunch. I don't have a screener today. So what we're going to do is a quick wild card run through the line and see what everybody has to say. If they don't have anything to say, that's all fine and dandy. But I got, I don't know, seven or eight people on the line right now, and I don't know um, if any of them actually want to say something. So we're going to do a quick wild card uh, um walk through here and if you're on the line and you don't want me to touch your head um, drop off and then drop back on and I'll, I'll see that happen anyways first call up um, is 417 I believe it's Dana let's see what's going on uh, 417 is that Dana yeah that's me <laughs> how y'all doing how's Craig doing how's Billy doing oh well Craig how are you doing this is Dana Bland from our uh, Missouri chapter I'm doing well. I'm doing a lot better than being into the uh, the penitentiary at Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get used to how everything has changed. I mean, even the cars look really odd to me. <laughs> 18 years is a long time, and I'm having fun every day. I'm I'm like a little child again. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I listened to you for a year calling into Joe's show. You really uh, impressed me and also uh, are an inspiration to a lot of people. And uh, this thing that Joe's doing, talking about today on the phone, uh, about uh, grants and uh, uh, changing some of the things around to make the uh, human solutions better uh, is a really good idea. I think that the human solutions being a 501c3 and What's going on in Kansas should take and be able to bring in a lot of uh, 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 grants uh, that will help us help other people out. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Dana. Well, we're uh, we're doing kind of a lightning round. Was there anything um, in particular you wanted to uh, to bring to the table here? Yeah, uh, Zach Salazar in California, Missouri. Uh, I don't have the date on me right now because I keep changing things around, but he's got a court date coming up. And then, of course, everybody's watching Adele Wisdom's court date on the 25th. We'll see what happens there. 
But, uh, yeah, everybody just keep on doing what you're doing and, and try to be active with the human solutions. And uh, I'm hope for change in the end of Prohibition Human Solutions International Chapter here in Missouri uh, for court support. And uh, we're always out here if someone needs help. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dana, and thank you for your service. I appreciate everything you're doing out there in Missouri for everybody, and uh, we're getting stronger by the day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dana. All right, up next we got 714, and I think it's, it's either Jackie or Terry, but I think it might be Jackie. And uh, 714, who am I talking to? Hello, Joe. Can you hear me? It's Jackie. All right. Awesome. Jackie, Woo-hoo. you are one of our writers. So Jackie is um, um, one of our newest volunteers, and uh, she came on as a defendant, I don't know, six or eight months ago, um, fought her case, stood her ground, they dropped her case. It was a ridiculous case in California, of all places. And uh, she came aboard uh, to help us out with some writing, um, her and Becca have been working together. She did a great article, a press release for us. And uh, I, I just spent uh, the weekend up in Oregon with Becca, and we've got a bunch of new assignments um, that we're going to be bringing. And um, I, I, I keep pushing off this headquarters chapter meeting, but there's some good reasons for it. I'm trying to get a bunch of people to be coming up. So hopefully next week will be the best week to bring everybody together. Um, I got a couple of people trying to get healthy that we can, and not COVID related, but just just other things that I want to be able to to bring some folks together. So, Jackie, I really Great. personally want to thank you for uh, for your service that you're helping us out, and it really makes a difference. Yes, I'm so excited to also give back. I want to also thank Tom Corby and Donna Corby and Frank Canon for helping me, setting me up. You know teaching me the ways so that when I did get arrested, I could uh, just go off on the cop and, and show them, you know, that we do have these, or we do have these rights. But I also wanted to say I've been cleaning up also. I had a board of supervisors meeting here in Orange County yesterday, and we blew this whole thing out of the water, and, and we were cleaning it up also. Like you said, what's next? Who's at fault? No one's at fault. We did put it down on the record yesterday was a big, huge deadline for the quarter, and we turned in everything. You know, we're sitting on billions of dollars here in this county, and so we're asking for the funds to be released so that we can get everyone into uh, care and healing now, you know, instead of uh, this uh, law enforcement. So we're taking the money out of the budgets and putting it into caring for our humans instead of you know, incarcerating them. So we're very excited about that. I know you have this archangel status, Joe, and so just by you meeting up with Becca in Oregon is a big action in cleaning up all of this corruption. We keep saying that we're done with this and we're done with these timelines. So we're very excited for this new moon. Is um, Tomorrow there's super moons coming up, so everything's getting supernatural and next level. So I'm grateful for all this freedom that we're, you know, being able to experience, and I look forward to this. Awesome. You got the hairs on the top of my head tingling right now. I think uh, you're right. <laughs> I know. Okay. Me too. You guys got me going too. I got, we got some real, real big stuff brewing right now, and I believe mm-hmm. that, you know, in, in some ways we are kind of gathering together as a smaller but more effective group 
so that we can together act as a as a strike force and get out there and really push. You know, with all the social media nonsense and all the crazy stuff that happens, there's all these people, but there's only so many people that are actually in there doing it and actually showing up and working. And I think that's what's happening is we're all standing together now a lot better and working together and actually uh, coming up with clear, uh, purposeful actions. And I, I, like you said, um, there's a whole new world of freedom coming our way, and it's up to us to, to take it home and disperse it and do it right. Yes, yes. There you go. I'm so excited. Thank you for this lucid dream. Awesome. Well, thank you for being a part of it. Yes. All right, Jackie. I, I will. You and I will be talking again very soon. I've uh, been working real close with Becca on the next um, uh, articles and assignments and some real good stuff we've been doing. We just we're always so good at doing stuff and so terrible at telling the story. So now we're getting better at telling the story so we can get more people involved in the doing. So that's what we're doing right now. Right. I look forward. You take care. All right. Thank you so much, Jackie. All right, up next, I think I've got uh, Mike and Sarah here. So let's see, uh, 316. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's shaking? I'm right. Hey, I've been doing good so far. I know these Yeah, numbers, yeah, yeah, uh, like four for four. Four for four. Let's see how we go. Uh, all right. right. So, uh, you know, we got some exciting stuff going on in Kansas. We've been, of all places, um, Kansas is becoming kind of one of our battleground states, Um uh, um, and, and, you know, we got a lot to fight for. There's still ridiculous policies, ridiculous um, good old boys club out there. And But we're, we're coming at it from multiple points of view. We're doing grassroots support for the defendants that are getting hit. We got another defendant with being charged with, what, two grams? We got it. We got yeah, we yeah got three it. grams, yeah. Three grams. I mean, this is we got three defendants being charged for less than a gram. And one of them actually is told that they have to commute six six hours or 600 miles or some huge amount to go and and report to the probation department as a as a condition of their bond, and just it is it, it, it's just draconian stuff that's happening at the same time where we got um, well we had um, Crudo looks like he's actually got the good side of things. Um, got convicted of a couple of charges, got let off on or acquitted on a bunch of charges, but it looks like there's uh, um, a probation. So we're 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 giving and taking as it's going, but um, you know as we're getting more, <laughs> I don't know what you got going on there. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Aubrey's in B. Our youngest is BMX racing. And so oh, we're out here at the right. racetrack tonight. Awesome. Uh, well, tell her. She's tell doing her. She's like ranked number seven in the state, you know what I mean? So she's doing good. Awesome. Um, awesome. Well, but anyway, Joe, yeah, we got a huge fight out here, man. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I've also got a guy that just got out under the CARES Act after doing 15 years. I've got him working at the shop. Um, he's willing to do human solution work or whatever, so we'll work him into wherever we need him. Um, Perfect. They're all – there's all, you know, there's these cases. He's got, uh, matter of fact, he's got the, his case, but he's got to come back for his bond tomorrow. 
And last time he was there, he peed. And, of course, he has a medical card in Oklahoma. And so, you know, he's going to get it dirty. And so he's now he's wondering, like, are they going to try to throw me in jail or, you know, whatever. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow. Right. Well, And, of it, course, it, it's our same judge. Right. Well, but you know what, though? When, 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 we, when we spend more time showing up and participating, you all of a sudden become part of the fabric. And it goes from you being a crazy outsider to why is this guy being supportive? Um, you know, there's common sense to work itself in. You're not you're not his adversary. You're an advocate, and and it's it's you know judges as crazy as some of them are, you gotta have something behind you to be yourself in that position. Generally, there's not a whole lot of truly idiot judges. There's a lot of judges that have gone off the rail. But to get there, generally, you're you're not a stupid person, and so right. I, I think that over time, as we keep showing ourselves and we keep showing up, and and we're presenting ourselves professionally, and and us holding our own, um, it makes all the difference in the world. So I'll be up there right. in uh, well, about two weeks, and I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, what we got look- going on. Yeah, we look forward to it, Joe. And uh, real quick, I'm going to leave you with a thought because I've been seriously debating this when it comes to these trials for marijuana cases. I really believe that if we can go in there and just follow my logic here and defend it as the marijuana is a crime because it's a Schedule One federal whatever, but we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it has medicinal benefits, which means it's not a Schedule One, which makes the law invalid. So give well, a thought about that, about fighting cases in that manner. Yeah, but the problem with that is the judge gets to decide what gets entered into evidence. And so if you that's, can got, if, if you have a, an attorney that's able to argue that point and give the, the attorney a chance to bring that into evidence, hey, I think you bat it out of the park. But that's the problem is the judge has the purview to say what gets entered into evidence. Yeah, we'll we'll have to take a look at how to proceed with that in court, you know what I mean? But I think that's a real good way to go at things. Hey, you know what? For me, I think that I would rather try a bunch of things and fail than not try and wonder if it would have worked. So I'm well, I'm 100%. We got Junior a ticket just like we wanted in the first place, you know what I mean? Because when you fight, you know, they realize, you know what I mean? And every time, we've seen it time and time again, these guys get charged with multiple felonies and then they get a ticket. You know, they get a misdemeanor, non-reporting, probation, whatever, but they run them through the ringer in order to do it. If you just lay over and take it, they're going to get you with whatever you'll take. You got it. Exactly. And that's why the lesson is if you stand and fight, you're going to do better than if you just roll over. No matter what, even if you end up taking a deal in the end, you'll get a way better deal in the end. And, And if you stand all the way, Generally, they'll offer you something real sweet to avoid taking it to trial because, frankly, nobody wants to go to trial, not even the judge. Right. It's All right, Joe, you guys have a good night. Love love your show. Love being on here, and we will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Joe. Next. I got 213, and I'm pretty sure I'm talking to Dee Dee Kirkwood here. So let's see. If I'm right, but I bet you I am. Hi, Joe. Hi, Craig. Uh, Hi, everybody. Hi, Dave. How's everybody? I just wanted to give an update on Michael Thompson. 
Yes, absolutely. And I just want to do, I don't know if you heard it or not, but um, we've, we've connected again with uh, Mary from um, Last Prisoner Project, and we're going to be talking about working in a more official capacity um, together um, as a 501c3. So we'll see where it goes. That is just fantastic, Joe. They are just, I just have to rave about them because they have so many resources and they just yeah. want to help. And it, they just are on such a big scale. So all, all we need to do is ask and they will help. I love it. I love it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I, that I, is great. To, uh, to that. And she said that, uh, um, um, Steve D'Angelo and uh, Jocko um, all gave a pretty good review, so she's in, interested in talking and looking forward to it. So we just got to schedule. Oh. She's a busy. That's wonderful, Joe. I am so so happy to hear that. So how's uh, how's Michael doing? Uh, I would say he's doing he's doing really good. He's passed that. Sickness. So they moved him out of the hospital across the street to another facility, which was the one he preferred. So that was good. Uh, this happened on Friday. So now he has been separated from his property. So that's what he's waiting for. Okay. And what about, I he, mean, so you, he, yeah. you got a letter from, from the Attorney General of Michigan saying that he should be out. So what's the deal? Where are we at now? Yes, now we're just waiting for the parole board to make a decision any day. They already okay. have met, and they already right. know something. And so Mary called today and said, what, what is it that was the decision? And they said, so sorry, we can't tell you. We have to tell Michael first. Wow. So, it, it, so they, said, they, said, they said through the mail. Oh so, so we're not sure if it's going to go to uh, – so we don't even know what that means. It's probably maybe the, you know, what he's what – what they say, what they're recommending to the governor. But hopefully the, the governor said that she doesn't care what they say. She's going to free him anyway. So right. that's, a, that's what that's I think I know. Sweet. Yes. Bulldog, yeah. Awesome. Well, Dee Dee, I totally love you. I appreciate everything that you're doing. You, you are the person that I wish I had more of in the world. You know, there's. I wish I had more of me, and I wish I had more Beckas, and I wish I had more Bobbies and a few other people. Hell, I wish I had more Craigs. But um, you're definitely the person I wish we had more of. That that the heart that you have, and and how you've been willing to just jump in and and. And stay the course. You never wavered. You've always just, you know, I, I watch yeah. so many people that 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 are hard on, going to be helpful, all in, all going to change, and then some little thing happens. They're like, oh, I got to go, and then you never see them again. And and Dee, Dee you have been uh, you have been here. You've been solid for shoot. I don't know. We're going on. We're going on eight years now, I think. You and I have been working together. Yes. Yes. Long time. Good long while. Anyways, I'm uh, ever so grateful, and I look forward to seeing you again real soon. 
Yes, absolutely. I love you guys. Love you all. Everybody listening. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Finally up, we have Tom Corby. And Tom is up in Oroville where they've got raging fires. And um, I, I, Tom, tell me what's going on. I, I, I know that Berry Creek burned up just down the road from you. I have, know somebody who lost their property in Berry Creek. Well, yeah, so sad to stay up here in North Cal. We're actually uh, taking refuge here with some of our friends. Uh, last heard uh, there were 12 deaths up there. It burned a town to the ground, uh, the store, and the other store with the gas station, and a lot of our friends lost their homes. I can't imagine. So we can pray for all of them. The power was out here for five days, and thankfully we have a power plant. It's still a nightmare. Uh, the smoke's finally cleared. We didn't see the sun for a week and a half. So things are looking up. And as always, Joe, I want to thank you and Becca and all of those on the front line. Jackie Cordova today. So nice to hear. Nice talk today. Yeah, yeah. She's, talk a, about she's, a she's helping out a lot. We like her a lot. That's true. And then when, when, she, when she came to us with her case, and of course, she was here before and helped us a lot with Donna. So she was all, already somewhat of an uh, advocator. She already had a clue what's going on. We always take them to trial. When I heard about her case, when I heard about a lot of these cases, I think we have a new one coming up up here. I always give them two to one odds that the case will dismiss, be dismissed. And Jackie's case was so ridiculous. I would get three to one odds. And thank her for standing her ground, too. And that's what we do. A little bit of application goes a long way. A little bit of guidance. Uh, get your discovery while your 995 probable cause dismiss motion. Take them on. Throw everything at them. I'm sick of you. That's what we do. And I want to thank D.D. Kirkwood again. Carrying the ball on with Michael Thompson. So sad. Of course, you know, there's there was prejudice going on, even with that judge, even in the court report. And uh, we can pray for Michael, and hopefully he'll finally get out soon. Uh, so thank you all today. Always a coffee party radio show, Bobby Rodrigo, and Candace uh, Dyer, of course, and she's going through her trials relations as we all are. Uh, we just don't forget to breathe. Of course, just don't breathe in the smoke. my new take. Yeah, don't breathe too deep right now. <laughs> well, yeah, and so how's it going down there, Joe? Oh, it's smoky, but where I was, I was just up in Oregon. It was thick up there. You couldn't see the, we didn't see the sun. It was, it, it was cool, like, uh, like overcast, but it wasn't clouds. 
Well, yeah, it was really bad up there in Oregon, and uh, we lost some of our, our, our friends up there, too, in their homes, so we can pray for all of them and uh, do the best we can to help what we can. It's supposed to rain in a couple of days, so hopefully we'll get some rain at least in Oregon and start knocking some of that stuff to the ground. Well, yeah, we can hope to play for a good winter. And, of course, there's always a paradox. When it, when it rains, you have lightning and more storms. I think eventually when all the fuel's gone, the fires will finally go out. It's bad to say there's a lot of fuel to burn. And, you know, a lot of times follow the money. And our government here in Butte County, where does the money go to take care of some protection? Land. When you when you talk about our judges, it's so sad that when you're sitting in there in the, in the courtroom, there it's a dog and pony show. A new defendant comes up, even with, if it's not a cannabis case, comes up, and the judge is looking through about 20 files on his desk, has no idea what's going on with this case. And it's pretty sad to say. Also, our, our public defenders, uh, most of them don't know either, either. But what we can do is we we work with our our public defenders. We can guide them, make sure sure that if, if you file file in a timely order, don't count on your PD. That's what we do. I remember back here at Pierce's trial with the mushrooms. How that PD in the very first place told told Eric, told Eric he doesn't know anything about cannabis case. So why does he take it on? Because he's one of the five in Butte County that works with the DAs. So tried twice. Eric tried twice to recuse this incompetent PD, and the judge would not allow it. We talk about a stacked jury. Oh my God. Frank and Ann was there with me, too, and we know that it was uh, all law enforcement. Uh, the PD already put on any case, and they hung him. So that's what we do. We stand our ground. We take them to trial. And uh, not to forget to just thank Jill and all the well out there for, for everybody going through this. And uh, that's about all I have to say. Don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. All right, Tom. Always a pleasure. Keep yourself safe. I appreciate everything you do. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Craig. We're running long. You got a last uh, party shot for us. Yes, I hope our discussion next week is how the Morag passed. Heck, yeah. I'm looking for that as well. All right, folks. Well, it's been a good one. And, uh, Remember, if you find this show interesting, informative, inspiring, please share it. Let other people know about it. Uh, The bigger it is, the more reach it gets, the better it does. And let's see what old Willie Nelson has to say about all of this. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. You were always on my mind.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.